In this week's episode, I'm joined by Jesse Gutierrez, founder and CEO of Him Consulting. This week, our conversation is about Catholic nuns in support of trans people, Disneyland's redevelopment efforts for kids with differing needs, and much more. Hey there, my name is Bernadette Smith. Welcome to Five Things in 15 Minutes, my weekly show where I bring good vibes to DEI. That is good vibes to diversity, equity, and inclusion with a little dash of corporate social responsibility. What I've found is that there are lots of news stories about what's going wrong in the world and lots of negative data, but there are also a lot of things going right. That's what I like to focus on. I search for DEI stories that we can be inspired by and learn from. My hope is to inspire you to experiment with some of these inclusive actions and policies within your own organization to help you build a more inclusive world. Let's get started. Jesse, will you please introduce yourself and tell the listeners and viewers who you are and a little bit more about you? Yeah, definitely. Thanks so much for inviting me, Bernadette. Um, so hey, everybody, Jesse Gutierrez here. Pronouns are he, him. And as mentioned, I'm the founder and CEO of Him Consulting. And through him, I accelerate diversity, equity, and inclusion impact via consulting, education, and community building services. Um, so I actually launched Him back in 2020, legitimately during the onset of COVID-19, which is a wild time. But there was a lot of anti-Black and anti-Asian rhetoric um, that was blatantly being spread. So me creating him was my form of creating light during a dark time. And my mission for him, it's simple. It's to educate so we can celebrate. And on a personal note, so I do identify as gay. I'm Hispanic, Latino. And I hope other young queer and Hispanic Latin children see that there is space for them to thrive and to make an impact no matter where they are. So thank you so much for having me. Awesome. I'm really thrilled to have you join us today. So I would actually love to hear a little bit more about what is giving you hope right now when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion? What's giving you, keep, helping you keep the faith when there's a lot of negative stuff out there? Yes, there is a lot of negative stuff out there at the moment. But what gives me hope, honestly, especially given the context of the economy and where the job market is right now, it's seeing how many DEI roles are still opening up and popping up each week. Um, and that's just a testament to the orgs that are investing the time, the energy, the money. Um, and while we do see some cuts happening, it's, again, the hopeful thing here. And the thing that's giving me energy is seeing all those new roles that are popping up. So kudos to those orgs. Awesome. And I would love to hear your perspective on this. This is another question I, I ask sometimes of my guests is, you know, because there is a lot of negativity out there, there's a lot of systemic racism and systemic oppression and we have a really horrible legacy here in the U.S. Do you really believe there's such a thing as good vibes in DEI? I believe in good vibes. That's also just who I am as a person. Um, and that's also why uh, my mission for him is to educate so we can celebrate. Because to your point, there's so much negativity out there. But there is positives. There are good things to celebrate, whether it's big or small. And I'm sure like you talk about this weekly on this podcast too. So yes, I think there's plenty of good vibes to go around. Awesome. I love that. And I love your mission, by the way, to educate so we can celebrate because I think that 
you know, we do have to sort of acknowledge the oppression, mm-hmm. but there are also a lot of amazing things happening. A lot of really impressive people doing amazing things, which we'll talk about some of that today. But totally. I mean, it's uh, every time I see my partner gets really wound up with the news <laughs> and I sort of stay <laughs> pretty maddeningly mm-hmm. level about it all. <laughs> And it's it's tough because uh, aside from the news, there's social media where there's just so many things constantly being pushed out. So what I've done is make sure I'm following also the positive accounts, too, because while it's important to acknowledge maybe the negative and where we can improve, there's so much good out there, too. So kind of balancing for me is what helps me kind of move forward. Yeah, exactly. So um, one of the things I wrote about in this week's five things newsletter was how, you know, we taking our clients through this inclusive 360 assessment process, putting folks in small group meetings. And as I was going through this with a client last week, one leader kept repeatedly saying, we're not there yet. We're not quite there yet. And, you know, and what I loved about that is that she was really excited about it. She was excited to do better as soon as she really started to know better. And I know that comes from from leadership. And so, you know, I kind of want to acknowledge the fact that DEI is such a long process and it also needs to be something that's integrated throughout all of the different functions of the organization. So it is, you know, there's a lot of not yet mm-hmm, along totally. the way. I think every org is probably saying that depending on which part of DEI we're looking at, because mm-hmm. there's no one silver bullet to solve the DEI issue. And it's nuanced, like every org's um, focus on DEI varies too. So so yeah, it, it's great to hear that folks are not there yet, but they're trying to get there. So I love that. They are. And then they can, and they will continue to educate so they can celebrate, right? 100%. Absolutely. And I think that the forward momentum really matters to really build up quick wins, keep adding to those quick wins and celebrating them. So the employees really start to, to understand that this is not going away mm-hmm. and we are just going to keep building upon these small wins to gain a lot of momentum. Yeah. And I'll just add to that. Cause it makes me think when you say celebrate the small wins, um, I actually started my career in sales and innately in sales, like the culture is literally celebrating every deal you close, every sale you make. And I feel like if we had some of that same momentum and just like culture in the DEI space and like bringing more folks along, I think that would go a long way too. So I love everything you just shared there. Yeah. Thank you very much. All right. Well, let's get to this week's good vibes. The first story comes from Disneyland, which has redeveloped Toontown to meet the needs of kids with differing needs. So the new spaces are designed to include kids with physical, developmental, behavioral, emotional, and sensory disorders and disabilities. So that means no curbs, activities at lower heights for people in wheelchairs, dedicated wheelchair pathways, a play yard with calming natural sound effects, and a whole lot more. I love this story, Jesse. I love it. I um so I'm originally from Anaheim, California. So I grew up going to Disneyland quite often. So when I read this, it kind of just took me back to growing up, going with my family and my cousins. Um, I would actually hear the fireworks every night. Um, so the fact that Disney is intentionally redesigning spaces for folks of all abilities, one, we know it's good for business. Um, and then two, it's the right thing to do. So this is really something we all can celebrate, whether you're a parent or not. 
um, if and when I have kids, like this makes me happy knowing that I could take them here regardless of varying abilities and that they would feel safe, they can access everything. And I loved your call out of uh, the calming aspect because we do know that neurodiversity is a huge new, or not new topic, but more of a buzzword lately. And I think a lot of companies are starting to pay attention to ensure that folks, regardless on where they fall on that spectrum, can still navigate spaces in the way that the norm or the majority can. So, so I love all of this. Yeah. And uh, Disneyland, Disney World, it can, I, I cannot imagine how it is currently neurodiverse friendly because it is intense. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. I'm tired by the end of it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, one of the things I wanted to point out is about 20 to 25% of Americans have some form of disability. So this really has the, the possibility to impact a whole lot of folks. And one other quick thing is that the gift shop is now selling adaptive mini ears headbands with a chin strap for visitors who wear a cochlear implant for hearing. So really cool stuff. And I think that there's a lot, a lot of little mini lessons in here. Amazing. Yeah, I, I wasn't aware of that. And I'm happy you called out the 20 to 25% data point. That's one fourth of the population. So a huge market and um, group of folks that maybe weren't having that equitable experience. So, so I love that. All right. So the next story, uh, this is a, I love this story. <laughs> I love this story because I grew up Catholic. I, my parents are born in Ireland and I was raised Catholic, went to Catholic school. So this story is a shout out to the Catholic nuns who wholeheartedly declare that trans people are beloved by God. So a coalition of Catholic nuns and other religious partners wrote an open letter in support of transgender rights in honor of Trans Day of Visibility. The group represented more than 6,000 nuns. How cool is that, Jesse? So many. Like, I think this this is great. One, it's great to see this, like, overwhelming support just in the sheer number of the nuns that are doing this. And I think it's really important within the church to see this type of advocacy. Um, so as a Hispanic gay man, I have a lot of thoughts on my own experience with church and growing up um, within that, right? But what I will say is that it is important to discuss and acknowledge, given the amount of um, anti-LGBTQ rhetoric that we do see sometimes spread in the name of the church. So this is a great counterexample of that, right? And I'll also say that for those who aren't um, Catholic or you may not see this type of support in your religious circles, like we see you, we hear you, we value you, and we respect you. Um, I know being LGBTQ, while there's a lot to be proud of and there's a lot of joy in this community. I know it can feel lonely at times for some. So just wanted to make sure that I acknowledge that. That's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you for saying that, Jesse. Yeah. You know, I, um, I, it, it makes me smile because of my baggage. Right. And, and I can only hope that more and more folks are starting to feel welcomed and represented within whatever religious communities they are a part of. Yes. Same. Okay. The third story is uh, from a Rolling Stone article that reported that the companies that got woke aren't going broke. In fact, they are more profitable than ever. So these are companies that were supposedly canceled by right wing folks who, uh, you know, basically said, well, let me back up. These are brands who put together some form of advertising campaign that was inclusive and then were canceled by right wing folks who said, go woke, go broke. So really is about the, the um, opposite of that happening, about the success of Keurig, Kellogg's, United Airlines, Nike and others, along with Bud Light, 
after they have shown up as inclusive. Mm -hmm. When I when I read this, I thought, duh, in terms of like, we know that it it's not going to harm the business long term. And let me start by saying, when I read this article, I wanted to do some extra research. Um, and I found a Pew uh, research study that found that Gen Z will become majority non-white in the U.S. by 2026. So that's quickly approaching. And we know that Gen Z, it's a diverse group of individuals. Um, and what many on the far right may be calling woke right now is it's not woke to Gen Z. It's just who they are. It's how they identify. It's how they experience and navigate the world. So I call that out because this is a huge population that is either already in the workforce or quickly entering it. So we definitely need to catch up, be flexible and adapt, whether we agree or disagree with some of these things that are coming on. Um, but for me, the takeaway there is that organizations who intentionally focus on DEI which many usually correlate with being woke, are better in the long run. And there's just so many statistics and data points that show that. Yeah, absolutely. And what to, to your point, um, the census actually showed us that folks who are under the age of, Americans who are under the age of 18, there is no majority race. Perfect. You see, so it's like, y'all got to catch up. <laughs> like mm -hmm. It's happening whether you agree or disagree or don't want to acknowledge it. So the, the data shows that. Exactly. All right. The fourth story is about a relatively small business called Bojo's, which is a pizza chain in Colorado. And the founder is selling his company to his employees through an employee stock option plan. So this is a 50-year-old company that grew to 252 employees across six locations. And now the owner is creating an atmosphere. He's selling it to his employees so they can create an atmosphere in the restaurant for pride, inclusion, and people working together. We don't see this often enough, Jesse, unfortunately. We don't. It was refreshing to read. Um, it's a literal example of equity. So I, I appreciated the intentional call out of creating an atmosphere in the restaurant for pride, inclusion, people working together um, in a time when we hear about the 1%, for example, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, um, who keep making more money even during the pandemic and keep laying off more employees Again, this is refreshing. It's a great example of leadership, of humility, and then giving back to the community or your workers that are the ones putting in all the work. Um, so this was really nice to read. Like, I haven't read something like this in a long time. Yeah, and honestly, I think that frontline employees are often undervalued. They're underappreciated. They're underpaid. And, mm -hmm. you know, the more majority of these restaurant workers are probably working on the front line, not in the kitchen, um, totally. not in the office. And so really seeing them have the opportunity to create more generational wealth or take mm -hmm. more care of better care of their families. I mean, this is real life stuff. Totally. Um, so I really appreciate that you, your word humility was, was beautiful. Mm -hmm. Love it. Okay. The last story today comes from the BBC, which has a new education show, TV show in Afghanistan, specifically for Afghan children aged 11 to 16 who are banned from school. And this particularly impacts girls whose education has been halted by the Taliban until a suitable environment is created for girls to learn. So this weekly show is hosted by Afghan women journalists and presented in Dari, one of the official languages, and really about adapting math, history, science, and information and, and tech for, for these young folks. Beautiful.
Yeah, no, I, I love this. It's it's upsetting still, of course, to hear like the blatant gender inequalities that we have in society today. Um, I was raised by a single mom and so many strong Latinas, women around me growing up. So it's, it's very near and dear to my heart. But this is a great example of equity to support women's access to education. We know folks that are educated can really thrive a lot more as they navigate life and their careers and their families. Um, so this is a win, 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 win. It's, it's amazing. Thank you for for closing with that, Jesse, because that's my favorite thing about finding these stories is finding the, those win-win-wins, right? Oh, perfect. <laughs> and they are out there. They are out there. And when I find them, I can promise you I will be sharing them here on Five Things in 15 Minutes. So, Jesse, uh, before I go, I always have a call to action. So call to action this week is about a new nonprofit called Social Offset. So if you are part of the event or meeting planning committee, planning an event in a state with anti-diversity laws or bills, your attendees can now offset the cost of their spending in that state by supporting charities that align with their values. Um, learn more at socialoffset.org. This matters more and more as the anti-woke movement, um, not my words, uh, takes takes hold across our country. Jesse, uh, how can folks contact you if they want to learn more? Yeah, definitely. I'll be sure to share all, all the links with Bernadette as well, but follow me on Instagram. It's at him for all. That's H-Y-M-N-F-O-R-A-L-L. I'm also on LinkedIn and Facebook too. So thank you so much for that. Absolutely. And we'll make sure those get put in the show notes. All right, folks, thank you so much for joining me. Jesse, thanks for being a really awesome guest. And I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to Five Things in 15 Minutes. I hope you found yourself inspired by at least one of this week's stories. If you did, would you mind sharing it with a colleague and leaving us a review on your favorite podcasting platform? And if you don't already get my Five Things newsletter, join at fivethingsdei.com. I'm Bernadette Smith, and I'll see you next week right here for Five Things in 15 Minutes, bringing good vibes to DEI 